Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those that sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I am joined actually on video this week by old friend Chris White, who has something frosty and refreshing in his hand. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you very much, sir. I do indeed. It's not uh, open just yet, but I do indeed. Thanks for having me. How are you, sir? Yeah, um, everything's going good. We're going to have a nice, you know, conversation around what's going wrong in the world and how it impacts sellers. But before we do that, let's crack that cold, frosty refreshment. What do you got there? I would love to. I have the Golden Ox by Old Ox Brewery, and I'll give it a little pop. Um, Old Ox Brewery is actually a local beer. You know, I'm in the D.C. area. Yep. And I'm in, in Loudoun County. This is in Ashburn, Virginia. I'll actually read it. Um, it says, Our Golden Ale is worth getting to know. Balanced, easygoing, and smooth all year long. A lot like me. What more could you want in a drinking companion? Don't overthink it. Just drink it. I love it. Cheers. Isn't that great? I love it. And you're going to love this part, too. I had to break, just for you, I broke out my fancy James Madison University beer stein. Wow. So you can actually see the color of this golden... See that. Amber? Ale. Oh, I need to, I need to. Yep. I see that there. Very yep. nice golden ale. And um, I'll just go ahead and take a sip while you, you do tell that. us about your beverage. Well, this is a uh, natural lime flavored light beer by a company called Two Hats. Um, I just found it at the uh, local store here and decided it looks uh, pretty good. So I'm going to crack that. It's only 4.2% alcohol by yeah, volume. That's so not too bad. I should be able to make it through the podcast without much trouble. I sure um, hope so. I'm drinking out of a Coke glass, which I think is kind of cool. And oh, good see, for you. Um, that's a bad pour. You know, where did I learn to do that? Yeah, what in the world is going on right there, my Very friend? Very heady. Speaking of heady, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, I have not been able to get to the barber. And you know, I was wondering what's going on up it's, there. It's gotten out of control. It reminds you? me. Now there was a there was a oh, there was a show when you and I were growing up called Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh yes, Mister Cotter. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, is it Horshack that had the the hair like that? I think you're right. Oh 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 oh, Horshack. Yeah, you always Cotter. have questions. Exactly. <laughs> well, cheers, my friend. Cheers, cheers. Good to Here see you. Here we go. As this always. is pretty good, actually. It tastes like summer. Good. Mm. All right. It doesn't quite feel like summer, but it's nice no. to have a taste. No, it does. Well, you know, and it's it's a crazy time. We've talked to many, many different uh, folks over the last couple podcasts about the impact of, you know, the staying at home and, and you know, how it's impacting businesses. So I thought you and I could get together because you haven't been on in a while and, yeah. um, and just see as a small business owner, because I think that's kind of new since the last time you were on that you, uh, it, it, you're running a small business and you're out there uh, beating the bushes for business, you're helping companies. And I thought, well, let's bring you on and see, you know, what it's like out there and, yeah. and you know, how we can uh, help those that sell for a living, you know, reduce the impact of the virus by, uh, by having some good thoughts, right? So, yeah, absolutely. What, what overall, what are you seeing? I mean, you're out there, I know you, I see you on LinkedIn a lot, you're doing a lot of marketing. Uh, some great tips and videos that you're putting up. And I know you're on a lot of other podcasts. I feel a little jilted because you go on a lot of other podcasts, but, <laughs> but you're becoming famous. I think you did somebody's hundredth show the other day. We're only on 53 here. I know. I know you got some work to do. Yeah, I know it's, it's interesting. Um, and you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm out speaking to a lot of companies 
Um, and I talk to sales leaders and I talk to sales engineer leaders. Yeah. And, and as you know, that's more my space. It's a technical sales space. And you're right. I mean, I officially launched my business about three or four weeks before the pandemic really hit the United States and every, everybody went on shutdown. So yes, you know, in one sense, my timing couldn't have been worse, you know, in a sense, you know, on, in, in a sense, on the flip side, it almost couldn't have been better um, because frankly, I'm spending all day, you know, every day talking to people, reaching out to people. And this is what I'm seeing for a lot of organizations. Of course, they've never been, been slower because let's say, for example, you sell into the restaurant industry. Well, the restaurant industry by and large is shut down, yeah. right? Right. So, and my heart breaks for anybody in the restaurant in industry, anybody who, who works for restaurants or owns a restaurant. I mean, there's a lot of people that I know are dealing with a lot of really difficult situations, right? The flip side, though, is that some people I talk to have never been busier. Right. Um, you know, people in the telecommunications industry, they're exploding. Um, the other interesting thing that I've seen, Scott, is, is the speed at which business is moving in many, many cases has never been faster. Yeah. Why? People aren't traveling, right? right? Right. We know where everyone is. Yeah. Like not only are they not traveling, but we're not going to soccer practice and dance practice and you know basketball and we're not watching March Madness, which I know you and I are huge fans of, right? right. We, but but I, I'm the first to admit, like normally in March and April, I'm distracted with March Madness and you know hockey playoffs and every now and then that distraction lasts to June, right? Because I'm a Caps fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it's, so, so what's my first answer? My first answer is the dichotomy for some organizations, businesses has, has halted. And I know a lot of businesses have had to make a lot of really difficult decisions for other businesses. It's never been busier and it's moving at a, at a pace. I think they've never seen. So that's a really interesting environment that we're dealing with right now. Well, and, and you know, I, I, it's not that you can really, I think there are certain industries where there, there are extreme challenges. I mean, if you were in the airline industry or the, like you said, the food services industries, uh, uh, yeah. I did see that Georgia is now opening, you know, their, their state back up to some degree. And so we'll start to see if that, you know, has an impact on the economy. But are you, are you seeing larger companies impacted more than smaller, vice versa? Like what's, you know, you talk to all sizes of companies, but do you see any difference in the, in the size of the company having an impact? I mean, yes, I do. I do think that larger companies are, are a little bit more buffered. And I'll, and I'll give you a perfect example. I was, I was speaking to um, a gentleman, I, I won't reveal the name of the company, yeah. but um, they, they, they're in the business of doing um, background checks. And um, he was saying that honestly, Chris, like, it's just our business has just changed. Like we have certain sectors that have just stopped all business, right? Yeah, but we have right. other sectors where they've quadrupled the, their their orders. They've quadrupled the, the business, right? So so for us, it's just been a matter to a large degree of shifting resources into different markets or or dealing with with different customers. So, but I do think the the bigger, from my experience so far, the the bigger the company, I think. As a general thumb, the, the broader portfolio of customers and industries that they're in, um, and the less likely they are to be affected. If you're a small business dealing with one market, 
that market may be shut down right now, you know, yeah. or, or dramatically, um, you know, limited right now. Well, and we've, I've been on some, some, some calls lately with other leadership uh, groups, and we have found that, you know, there are companies that are actually resisting the, the furlough or the, or the layoffs in favor of rolling back some compensation. And that in some cases even impacts commission. And so there's probably some of our listeners that are actually going through some of these things. And so, you know, yeah. what can we say, what can we do to give them hope? I mean, one of the things that, that uh, our CEO, Tom Stanfield, who you know well, has been, has been talking about is, should you be selling in this environment at all? Yeah. You know, uh, we had Mark Lamson on, I think it was last week, and we talked about the, the use of empathy versus sympathy. And so, you know, what's your thought on in your, in your business? Should we be selling right now? You know, what, what are the things we should be thinking about as we do try to, quote unquote, influence in this time of, uh, of crisis? Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll start by saying, you, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a, a um, what's, what's the right word to use, an, an advocate of the, the other centered selling, you know, kind of philosophy, right, and mindset. And, and so if, if, I, if I answer that question in that context, um, I think now more than ever, we need to be other centered with our selling and other centered with our approach, yeah. right? Um, here's the reality. I think no matter what, what the organization is, what business they're in, I think virtually all organizations are rethinking their budget for 2020. I think they're evaluating every dollar spent. And particularly, you know, I'm in the software. I, I primarily work with the software companies. And a lot of them, you know, have subscription-based models, yeah. right? So revenue, revenue is always at risk, in a, you know, in a subscription right. model. So, so one of the things, if, if you're an account exec that has customers, you know, that, that are on, you know, one of these subscriptions, you have to assume that, that to the, in, in their eyes, you're an expense that's going to be evaluated, right? So I think one of the ways in which we can, quote, be selling is making sure that our existing customers are, are getting maximum value out of the investment in, in your service and your solution, Right. And be proactive in, the, in that regard. Right. So I think to that's, me, that's one of the things that we should be doing. Yeah, it's a, a super important, uh, important point, because we we talk about in times of trouble like this, there's there's revenue preservation. Right. There's there's right. there's contracts like the SaaS model is a great example. And I'm sure there's countless other examples in the in the groups that are listening to this where, you know, you have ongoing annuities. And the best thing you can do is remain close to your customers in that, in that process to ensure they are getting that tangible value, or you could wind up on the cutting room floor, just like other companies in expenses. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and then the other thought that I have is, is, you know, and, and it's such an interesting question, right? Because should we be selling if, if selling means pushing our, our, our products or our services or sort of a, you know, pushing ourselves, right? The, the answer is a resounding no, but you and I both come from the mindset that we shouldn't be doing that anyways, right? Right. Now, that being said, if, if selling means prospecting, yes. If selling means reaching out to people to say, how are things going? And mm. is there anything I can do to help? Mm. Are, are there some, have your priorities changed? And, and in, in those changing priorities, is there anything that, you know, is there anything new that you need help with, right? Yeah. And, and or is there, 
as we start to come out of this, is there any opportunity, right? Or, or is, there, is there any, you know, is there any need that you have that you're not sure how to fulfill, right? Yeah. Or how to address? I absolutely think we should be doing that. Well, and what's interesting is, you know, and we teach this and you've been, you've been through uh, part of the program, but really understanding and, and before you make that phone call, you do two things. First of all, you sort of check your, your motive at the door, right? You say, why am I making this phone call? Is it for them or is it for me? And if it's for them, then the next step you take is you figure out what could possibly be bothering them. And you go in armed with that information based on research you can do on the interweb itself, right? You can figure out what's on their whiteboard. What are the challenges that the airline industry is going through, right? The restaurant industry or whatever SaaS company you're calling into. And if you do that and you show up and and, and, and not only look at what's on their whiteboard, that's their point of view, but deliver something that they may not know. Some, as we call it, disruptive truth, right? Some aha for them that sort of piques their interest then when the time is right, you can deliver that sort of unique, you know, special piece that your company can provide. But if you focus on them for the first two steps, the third step is actually pretty easy. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's something we talk about a lot on, on this program, as well as, you know, in all of our courseware, it's uh, it's an important distinction and it's never been more important than it is right now for sure. Exactly. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned the disruptive truths. That's the other thing I was thinking. And, and, and honestly, like I'm thinking about this in my business right now, and that is what insights can, can I gain? And more importantly, what insights can I bring to some of the people that I'm talking to? And specifically around what we're dealing with right now and specifically what, what it's going to take to sort of come out of this, right? And, and, and as as a nation, as an economy, right? So I'm actually doing as much research and, and study and just, just kind of keeping myself current on what's happening and, and doing some critical thinking around what, what are the next set of challenges. And one of the things that I've discovered, Scott, is first of all, it's, it, I mean, I have a lot of meetings. And again, I primarily talk to the technical sales folks, but I find that one meeting, I, I may even, just, just in, my, in my attempt to reach out to people and just see how they're doing and, and see if there's any way I can help them, I'm picking up even some insights that I can then use with, with somebody else, right? So I think more than, more than ever, if, if we're not pro or, or actively, if it doesn't feel like we're actively selling, but if it we're at least staying in touch with people, reaching out, having conversations and letting them know that, look, we're, here's what we have to offer. We're sincerely interested in what we can do to help you and what you're, you're going to find opportunities to, to provide those services, to provide that value. By the way, maybe not now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the one thing we shouldn't be trying to do is trying to, to force the issue now because the, the simple reality is, is if if it's if it's a difference between your solution and service and keeping someone on the payroll, chances are really good they're going to decide to keep someone on the payroll, oh, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, and, and I'm curious about this this sort of next question I have. You know about you know selling 
during a pandemic or during a crisis is one thing, but, but some people don't even know what that feels like. And I'm talking about those veterans out there that have, they've been out there selling for years. Um, they, they might be the kind of reps that, uh, that are very good face to face because they're yeah. in the medical profession or they're in, you know, I, as you know, I sold copiers for a while and all of that was done predominantly face to face. And um, so for those folks that sell big time hardware or construction gear, all that stuff that are used to face to face and now are stuck in their basement on a phone or on a web meeting like this, that things just got really hard for them. So I'm curious, like you sell in the software field and, and, and technology and so people are kind of used to this, but have you noticed a change in, in the way people both send and receive information during the, during the pandemic when we're kind of selling virtually? Have you seen any change? How are demos going now? Is it just as easy to do demos uh, virtually as it was when you were sitting next to them? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's such an interesting question, Scott. And, and I'll, be, I'll be fully transparent with you and, and our listeners and say that I'm a, I mean, I've been in the software world most of my career. So yeah. It, it, I have to admit it's harder for me to put myself in, in the shoes of say a, you know, a, f- a pharmaceuticals, you know, rep who's right. used to, you know, showing up right at, at the offices all the time. Um, that being said, even, even for software companies or technology companies, we're used to, we're used to being on site. We're used to running uh, whiteboard sessions and, and running workshops um, and, and we do have to do everything. In fact, I sat through a, w- a webinar earlier today and, and the gentleman was talking about the biggest difference virtually is that you don't get that body language, right? And, and that, that's, that's certainly you don't have that body language if, if you don't have video. Right. But even if the video cameras are on, it's, it's still hard to fully kind of keep that engagement. So, um, you know, what, what am I seeing differently? I think some people are, are very naturally moving into this, this digital world. And I think some people are really struggling to move into this digital world. And, and I guess the best advice I have is, is embrace it. Um, if, if, you're, if you're coming from a world where everything was done in person, that means that not only are you uncomfortable, your, your customers are uncomfortable too. Yeah. And I, and I'd be very transparent about that, you know, and I'd say, look, guys, I know this is, none of us are really comfortable doing this. And this is a new way to have a conversation. And I'm still figuring out this zoom thing or this ring central thing yeah. or whatever it is. Right. You know, th- one of the things that we talk about a lot in, in some of the, the, the classes we give is just being very authentic, being, you know, um, be very transparent yeah. and be human. Exactly. It's, and it's interesting you should say that. I was actually, I was on a call with a, with a VP of, of sales engineering probably two or three weeks ago. And, and, I, and, and it was not unlike this, but I had the camera off and I apologized. I, I said, I, you know, I have to apologize. I'm actually in my kitchen trying to make a cup of coffee because I've been on like back-to-back meetings all morning. And she said, honestly, Chris, it's perfectly fine. She said, she said more now than ever, it's okay to be human, yeah. you know? And I said, you know, in a, in a weird sense, that's a, a blessing. Like, yeah. I love the fact that work and home have come together. I mean, you're wearing a wig for crying out loud, and I haven't even given it a second thought at this point. You know what it's I mean? Really oh, no, it's really not. Oh, it's my not a wig? No, no, no it's, it's really got out of control. <laughs> um, but, like, for, I just love the fact that it's okay to be more human. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 
th that's something that's actually been missing from from B2B sales. And I I actually I actually love that 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 that's okay now. So I do th think that's it what sort of binds the galaxy together a little bit to steal from Star Wars that that you know we're all in this together and everybody is I mean I've been on some calls with you know current customers that I know fairly well but literally our cameras come on and they're like in their you know sweats and they're just it's been 6 a.m to 6 p.m calls and they're just that's the way the day went and it's like totally okay you know yeah. and now if you're doing like a big presentation you might put a nice shirt on and, and maybe even a, a jacket but but yeah, for the most part, we're all kind of stuck in our basements and in our home offices and we're all going through yeah. this. Yeah, and we're all seeing each other's homes, you know, to a certain degree. And so, so that, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, in terms of, in, in terms of recommendations, I mean, and, and I, would, I would tell people, and, and I know, you know, you and I have been through some, some sort of lessons recently on just getting up to speed with the technology. I would encourage people to, to tackle the, the technology head on. Yeah. Like fight through it and, and develop some, some comfort with zoom and, and, and some of the, and there's a, there's a number of technologies, you know, I like to use Mentimeter oh, yeah. as an example. That's a, that's sort of a question and answer, you know, platform. There are so many technologies about available out there. Um, and I, and I would gamification thing. I really love that you made that recommendation yeah. and we're, we're using that with our clients, I think. And it's, yeah. it's really a cool tool. Yeah. That's, that's a great, that's a great point. Yep. And I, and, and by the way, Scott, I think, and, and I know, you know, that this sort of leads to some of our next question, but I think, I think a lot of the things that we're learning are here to stay. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I think a lot of companies are learning that, we we were reluctant to go fully digital, but now that we've done it, we're actually we are saving some money on travel, and and I, I you know regretfully for the for for those people in like commercial real estate, I think there are companies that are going to say you know what it actually worked okay to have people working from home. Yeah. So I think I think there there are going to be some permanent changes as a result of this, and and so I think whatever some of the challenges that we feel like we're facing now and, and maybe if there are people that are sort of holding on to this hope that things are going to quote get back to normal, I don't think it's going to be a new normal. Um, and I think this digital selling virtual selling environment is going to become more of the norm. Well, and it's interesting as a sales training company, and you know, this is not indicative of all types of companies, but if you sell, you know, any sorts of consultative services or, uh, you know, these types of things. Um, if you're not morphing your business right now, then you are potentially missing the boat. And I, I read a great article, which maybe I'll pop in the, um, uh, you know, in the LinkedIn uh, below this, about all the great companies that came out of the last uh, downturn back in 2008-9. Uber, I think, was one. Um, I think uh, there were a couple of the food service delivery, like not, not Grubhub, but Groupon or some of those others. These big companies that are, that are part of our fabric today were born out of this type of environment. And so I think, yeah. you know, I, what I do and when I'm talking to clients and when I'm talking to people is I try to look at the bright side, like reinvent yourself as a sales rep yeah. by learning technology and being able to do this, reinvent your company. If that's yeah. possible, I can tell you categorically that Aslan is now forcing ourselves to look at everything we do in public workshops or workshops at clients and saying, 
what's stopping us from doing that online? What's stopping us from doing that, uh, you know, in a digital format? And the yeah. answer is our own like limited imagination. Like we can do this. And so yeah. I think we are, we are really, it's affecting, you know, every type of company to, to it's, it's a mandate to think about how you can change your company and, and, and embrace the fact that this could be the new normal, or at least, you know, somewhere between where it was and where it is will be the new normal. Well, and by the way, I think there's, I think there's a hint of, of hope and encouragement in what you just said for those of us in sales. Yeah. And here's what I think it is. We can actually get more done and be more productive than I think we ever thought possible by rethinking the way we operate and by doing more things virtually. Yeah. I, and I, like I said, I, I said that, that business is moving faster than ever. And, and, I, and I said that it's in, in a sense starting the business when I did has been a blessing. It has been in one, in one regard. I have, no pro, I, I have had virtually no problem getting meetings. Yeah. And, and when I'm on a meeting, I know one of the things that, that, that you guys talk about in your workshops is before you, before you hang up the phone, schedule the next meeting. I've had almost no problem scheduling that next meeting. Yeah. Why? People aren't traveling. Yeah. Right. So I think for, for those of you who, who are in a sales role where particularly those of you who were, were doing the three or four cities in, in any given week, right? And we, oh, yeah. we know lots of them, right? You, I think we're going to get that much more done right in in less amount of time and and the entire world is embracing this all together right so i you know you're right and and again i mean we opened with this my heart breaks for anybody that's been affected by this medically my my heart goes out to anybody who's been affected by this economically and and, and either lost their job or their business is struggling my my appreciation goes out to all the you know all the medical workers who are out on, on the front line, but to, to, to the business world, I, I think there's a real, there's, there's going to be significant silver linings to, to the business world because we're all going to find better, faster ways to work. Well, and you just reminded me that, you know, I've, I've been, I, I, like I said, I mean, we have nothing to do but talk to each other right now. I mean, there's there's a lot of work that goes on inside of companies, especially when you when you look after marketing and, and channels and stuff like that. But uh, I was talking to a guy uh, recently that said, you know, he runs a I don't know a thousand person sales organization, and one of his complaints for as long as he can remember is they're terrible at keeping Salesforce up to date. Mm. Well, guess what he said is one of the top three things he's asking them to do while they have some downtime, get better at leveraging the tools we have like Salesforce. And so I bet you there's sales operations and sales enablement people all over the world that are smiling going, if we use this time wisely, we could leverage our, you know, our time to get our Salesforce just more proficient about better accountability in the systems. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. look, if you're a sales rep, listen to that. Don't look at that as a negative. Like look at that as, I've never taken time to stop and really learn what Salesforce can do, but I can run my business with Salesforce, right? Yeah. So let me really get in there and manage my accounts the way I can and clean some stuff up and get better reporting, not only for me, but for our, our management team to give better visibility. And so, you know, there's lots of silver lining things like that that can benefit not only now in the learning of the individual, 
but also long-term in the way we run our businesses, because it's, yeah. it's just going to be clearer that these are the things that we need to do. And we just haven't, we've never slowed down long enough because we've gone from plane to car to plane to train. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and something you just said, it actually triggered another thought, which I, I think is a really good takeaway for the, for our listeners. And that is in, in addition to being more, let's say fastidious about, keeping Salesforce up to date and updating our deals and all that. I think the, I think the other thing that's really going to save the year for a lot of customers, a lot of companies this year is to maximize the pipeline, maximize what's in the pipeline and, and to, to squeeze everything they can because, because here, here's my suspicion. I think because we spend a lot of time talking about getting deals in the pipeline particularly for those companies that, you know, are those solutions that are more complex and have six, nine, 12 month, you know, um, life, you know, sales cycles. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's going to be harder than ever this year to get new deals in the pipeline or newly, you know, new legitimate opportunities in the pipeline. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think if we, I think we need to focus more on those those opportunities that we do have in the pipeline and what is it what does that mean that means focusing on maximizing the value to the customer right yeah, yeah. making sure that we're working that much harder to un and by the way there if if they entered the pipeline before the end epidemic right their their priorities have changed their needs may have changed right their budgets have changed so we need to work that much harder to understand what's important now. What are your priorities now? And how can we best align our solution with your priorities, right? Yeah. I think there's, I think the opportunity to save this year is to, is to being better and more efficient in the middle of the pipeline. That that's just my hunch. That's, that's a really, really, you know, Really good point. Um, you know, and I, and I think, and we, we're, we're kind of up against it. So we'll, we'll kind of bring it home here. Um, you know, when we're in a time where, you know, we can't do business as usual, we have to reinvent. Um, another thought that it just occurred to me is, you know, how you talk about in your book, um, that the most important part, the first, I think it's your first habit, right, is to team up, right? So your, yeah. your sales engineers and your sales reps have to be a team. There's another team that, that could be benefiting from this downturn, which is sales and marketing, right? Yeah. And, and so I just, just kind of had this epiphany that, you know, sales and marketing kind of look at each other as adversaries in some companies because marketing always wants credit for it, but sales really wants credit for it. And, you know, the truth is you need both, right? You, yeah. you need both and this, this term of account-based marketing and some of these things that are out there. Um, w there's just a very blurry line between sales and marketing, in my opinion. You as a small business owner probably know this better than most as we do at Aslan. You know, you've got to, you've got to, there's a little bit of marketing in every sales effort, right? You've got to fill the top of the funnel with some sort of one-to-many general sort of, you know, message and then you've got to be able to work that through. You were just talking about the middle of the funnel, but how do we keep that top of the funnel filling up? And so this sales and marketing, reach out to your marketing counterparts. If you've got field marketing in your organization, you know, become their best friends and start to test things. Start writing emails that will not only benefit you maybe in, in strengthening your pipeline now, but will help you long-term become a better prospector, right? So these are all yes. things that you can be doing while you're stuck in your basement.
and just become yeah. more proficient over time, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love what you just said, and you're right. I mean, now now is the time. I think for a lot of people, now is the time to 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 consider where are my opportunities for growth. Yeah. Where where could I get better, right? And and invest some time and some effort, whether that's pick up a book, find some online training, right? Find some resources internally, what what have you. Um, you know, whether it's prospecting, whether Talking it's about picking up this book, uh, um, there you go. There you go. You can pick up that book too. Pick that's all. That's always a good option. Six Habits of Highly Effective Sales Engineers by Chris White. I don't, I don't know him, but I hear he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's always a good option that I recommend very, very quickly. Well, this has been a, um, this has been no, a lot I mean, I, I think you're, it has been. It has been indeed. I, I always enjoy coming on your show, particularly when you've got hair that, that looks like, um, you, know, you know, what was the lead singer from, for Kiss? Ace something? Uh, uh, Peter Chris. Uh, no, Peter Chris was the drummer. You're right. Who, uh, Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. I just uh, got uh, upstairs before I came down. One of my daughters said, um, you look like Howard Stern. Okay. I mean, you know, he's a handsome man. I'll take it. You do look like Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'd, I'm sure you'd love a piece of his, I'm sure you'd love a piece of his bank account, but yes, yes you that would be, counts. that would be fun. But money's not everything, right, Chris? I mean, it's all yes, about, we're, we're never more fulfilled than when we're serving others. I think you've heard that. Somewhere. That's very well said, sir. <laughs> well, this well has been said. great. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, what, where can people sort of read more about Chris White, learn more about your business? What's the best place to see that? Well, they can always go to www.demodoctor.com. And that's demo doctor spelled out all yep. one word. And yes, you mentioned the book, the six habits of highly effective sales engineers. It's available at or on Amazon. Yep. Um, and of course they can always find me on LinkedIn. So and thank you so much, Scott. You know, I love chatting with you. So always, always happy to be part of the show. Super fun. Great to have you. And for those listening, please uh, get out there and, and subscribe, share this podcast. We, uh, we, we get nothing out of this other than the satisfaction that sales reps enjoy their, their work more and uh, sales leaders that, that support them. And so we just want this to go viral and, and as many people as possibly can hear it to hear it. I get you know, one or two comments a week from people out of the blue that say it is really helpful. And I, I would love that to be thousands. And, uh, and so just uh, help us get, get out there and, and share this. And uh, we'll join you next week with another episode of Ales with Aslan. Thank you.